This episode of the World Soccer Talk podcast is presented by Sling. Coming up this weekend, we have the Premier League title race as well as the, the race in Ligue 1 and elsewhere. Many games actually available too for the U20 World Cup uh, on Fox Sports, all available through Sling. Hello and welcome to the World Soccer Talk podcast. Uh, on this episode, we discuss the latest developments about MLS giving away its Apple product for free, as well as I'm sure talking about uh, lots of the uh, soccer going on around the world. It's been a big, huge week for uh, for football with Manchester City, Inter Milan, Sheffield Wednesday, Coventry City, and Luton Town uh, stealing the headlines, among others. Kartik. Um, what, what's been your highlight from this week uh, thus far? I, I guess, you know, if you want to talk about tactics, it's it's Jose Mourinho effectively parking four buses in front of Leverkusen, not even trying to counterattack. This 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 uh, Conference League semifinal, or sorry, Europa League semifinal was very unique in that we talk about Jose parking the bus, but he, he, he there's counterattacking, there's smash and grab involved in that. In this match, uh, going into into the second leg with a one nil lead, and which by the way the one nil was against a run of play in Rome, uh, they didn't even try and play. I mean, even for Mourinho, it was remarkable. Peak Mourinho, Javi uh, Alonso, former player for Mourinho, couldn't figure out a way around it. So to me, that's probably the standout uh, moment of the week. Um, I I I, uh, I have never seen such a one sided match because uh, sometimes stats don't tell the whole story. Um, one-sided match where the team that dominated uh, couldn't score. Wow. Yeah, I missed that one. I, I mean, that's the thing, that right? There's so many uh, different games happening at the same time. Uh, I was watching a little bit of the uh, Europa Conference League with West Ham United against uh, AZ uh, Alkmaar. And, of course, uh, Fiorentina moving on to uh, the Europa League final where they'll face um, face Roma. So it's been a big week for me, Karting. It's been a crazy morning. I I, I know things are crazy uh, on the on the Krishnaya side of the family, but this morning I started I was getting ready to hit record on the podcast, and then smoke. <laughs> Honestly, smoke started coming out of the mixer, um, and so I, I'm in my studio. I, 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 this this uh, smoke fumes in this room, but most of it's gone away. So that's why, listeners, I have to apologize if there's any, uh, if the audio doesn't sound as good this week, that's why. So I'm actually doing it differently, recording it through Skype instead of through the mixing equipment. Um, but uh, yeah, when I saw smoke coming up from, from the, uh, the equipment, I was like, okay, this is not good. This does not smell good. And this is, uh, so I'm going to have to go out and get a different mixer, some equipment. But uh, we shall move on. <laughs> Um, speaking of moving on, Kartik, I, I mean, there's a lot to get to. There's lots of different things we can talk about. But but I do want to talk about um, some changes from Major League Soccer. We talked a little bit about it last week where uh, MLS announced that they're going to offer, um, uh, are now offering a free trial of MLS Season Pass. It's good news or good news for uh, fans who want to go ahead and give it a try and see what it's all about. Uh, well, it looks like MLS is... Uh, uh, basically having a yard sale right now because it's giving away uh, more of its product for free. Uh, MLS 360, the whip around show, is now offered for free on Apple TV. 
And this is something going back a couple of months ago. I think I slipped up and said, yeah, well, MLS 360, nobody knows it's even available for free on Apple TV. Well, my mistake, it, it wasn't the free for Apple TV. It was free for Apple TV Plus, which is a big difference, right? Apple TV is free. Apple TV Plus, you have to subscribe to. It's a, like a streaming service like uh, Peacock or Paramount Plus. Um, so now MLS 360 beginning uh, this weekend is available for free on Apple TV. So getting that uh, whip around show in front of more people as well as offering it also already as it has been on Apple TV Plus and then also on MLS Season Pass. Also, in addition to that, MLS 360 is now going to be offered for free on YouTube beginning this weekend. Um, so we broke that news We'll have to wait and see if it's going to be every weekend. I would imagine it would be. Uh, also today, as we're recording this, each individual MLS club has communicated with their email database, all their fans, and then the, each club is offering a free month of MLS season pass. Um, so all in all, Kartik, uh, I mean, what else can MLS do, right? They're trying to make sure that more people are watching MLS season season pass as well as MLS three sixty. What else can they do to give it away for free? And, and what are you hearing? Don't know what else they can do. I mean, we've talked about this. I, I think feels like every episode, and um, I, it, this is the same conversation as what can MLS do in terms of their overall television ratings and media presence in previous years when they were on linear television and were concerned about linear television ratings. I I, I think. Uh, for me, uh, there is talk that in 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 the industry that maybe they're going to throw MLS season pass in when you buy a new iOS device, give you a month free of that if you go and buy an iPhone from T-Mobile or or uh, or, or whoever uh, right now or, or uh, uh, AT&T or Verizon. Maybe you'll get a free uh, month free of MLS season pass. Uh, they haven't done that yet, but that's what I'm hearing might be the next step, which is not along the lines of what I was thinking uh, would actually help remedy this situation. It's just another kind of band-aid. Maybe trying to entice more people into the product uh, compels them to stay. Um I, I guess. I mean, I you, you would think there has to be another way to try and hook people who are already soccer fans and are already paying for other streaming services and for other soccer products into this. But that doesn't seem to be uh, the, the, the thinking. Yeah, giving it away for free, if they did, I mean, if, if the, the sources that mentioned to you, Kantik, if they're talking about giving it away for free with each new iPhone, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because then you reach, you mean, a much bigger crowd, you know, overnight. You mean going into the millions of people now, and MLS and Apple could say like, "Hey, MLS um, 360 is now available to X million number of people out there." So they can say, "Hey, you mean it's going great? You mean all these people have access to it now, whether they're watching it or not? Um, yeah, is we have to wait and see." So. I, I think it's smart in many ways to try to get MLS uh, Season Pass and MLS 360 out to as many people as possible. However, I think in some ways, though, too, um, they have to look beyond that. So maybe it's um, the Golasso Network offering it to them for free. Maybe it's going to, I don't know, ESPN or to NBC or to... We're trying to figure out other ways. How do we get MLS season pass? Well, actually, how do we get MLS 360 available for more pe to more people 
for free so they can they can look at that they can watch it and then the hope would be is that they would then sign up for mls season pass i mean this season is a loss this is, season is a loss for mls it's a loss for apple uh it's a big change it's a massive change and so far it hasn't gone well in terms of you mean the mass public uh signing up for this and 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 you know making it a success so they have to try to introduce it to as many people as possible. My question, Kartik, is actually, I've got a few questions for you here. Is, is MLS 360 helping or hurting the growth of MLS? And the second question I have is, is MLS 360 strong enough to sell soccer fans on signing up for MLS Season Pass? The first question, answer is it's having no impact one way or another. Not enough eyeballs are on it. Not enough people even know about it. Uh, the second one is it helps uh, if people watch it. It definitely gives a uh, a league-wide perspective, which MLS is seeking, and can help hook fans into uh, seeing other teams and understanding uh, other styles of play. I mean, the thing that's happened in MLS that's a positive the last few years is that there's more diversity in style of play and in tactics in the league than there used to be. Every team used to play the same way. It really bothered me, which is why I was so excited uh, when Jesse Marsh came into uh, Red Bull New York and changed uh, the way they play. And and year one, you could tell, wow, this is fun, even though I was was very unhappy they had sacked Mike Petke. Uh, I was like, wow, this is different. MLS has something that's actually different than uh, uh, the, this just kind of generic cookie-cutter American way of playing. And uh, that's evolved. I mean, Philly is taking it to a new level, especially, right, uh, with uh, Jim Curtin. So uh, there's a lot MLS has going for it in terms of actual play, entertainment value, quality of football. Uh, but you need something to hook people. Uh you need something like a movie trailer that gets you to go watch a movie. You need something like a book jacket that gets you to read a book. Those things are really important. It's not, and oftentimes some of the uh, some of the top grossing movies aren't the most entertaining or best movies. It's because that movie trailer was really good and got people to watch it. I, I guess the Premier League has been really good at that because as, as uh, many people know. I don't believe uh, the the Premier League is the best league in the world. I don't think it's ever really been the best league in the world, but they get the most fans. So I think MLS 360 helps. Yeah, I, I'm torn on this one too, because really with MLS 360, if you watch it, I'm not convinced that it's going to make people sign up for MLS season pass. I'm more convinced that if you happen to live in, a, in an area where there is an MLS team, and you watch MLS 360 and you, and you see Austin, Texas as one example, that you would go ahead and, and actually um, maybe go to one of the games and actually buy tickets to a match and say, hey, this is a great, great experience. I'm not so convinced that MLS 360 is going to sell people on MLS Season Pass, especially if MLS 360 is available for free. Okay, Kartik, so, so MLS 360 is in a situation where I think I mean, more people have to watch it or more people have to be introduced to it so that at least it gives them an indication of the, the production level and, and how good look it looks and, and you mean the people in the studio. And then the hope is then that um, people may, may subscribe for MLS Season Pass. Maybe they will. Uh, that's just my concern is just I think that, um, I don't know, if MLS 360 continues to be available for free, how much of an incentive is there to sign up for MLS Season Pass unless you're interested in, in one specific team? 
Well, I think the incentive is there to watch the other free games, which some weeks those teams are going to be behind the paywall. I mean, I, I think I think it can work. It just is, again, uh, difficult because of the price point. I, I mean, I again, I cannot uh, stress how much, and we said this in the last episode, how out of whack this price point is compared to other similar properties. WNBA, as we mentioned, $25 season pass on YouTube. Compare that to this. Yeah, it's um, it's a mess, right? I mean, I mean, when you think about it in terms of the, the way, I mean, it, there's two sides to this. If you watch MLS Season Pass on a weekly basis and watch MLS 360 and watch the games and then just watch that in in that context, um, it's good. The quality of soccer isn't the greatest, but the production quality and the commentary for the for the most part and the analysis for the most part, it, it's entertaining. For the most part, now it's not Premier League, it's not Champions League, it's not you mean uh, Serie A, but it's entertaining. So, what what is that price point that that kind of equals the value of that? And I don't think it's ninety nine dollars a year. Maybe like you said, maybe it's twenty five dollars a year, or maybe it's fifty dollars a year. I, th- I think MLS in many ways at this point are probably thinking, okay, let's let's not focus on on the price point. Let's just give it away for free and try to get people in free. I mean, that's the thing too, right? ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus, what do you think about it? When it did launch initially, it was, what, $4.99 a month? And then and then maybe a year later, it was like $5.99. And then slowly but surely, they've increased the price to like what it is now, which is like, what, $10 uh, per month, which I still feel is good value for what I get. But they got me in early enough where I was like, it's so cheap, it, you, may, you may as well just sign up for it. And then pr- a price increases incrementally uh, based at, thereafter. MLS 360 went the other way, right? $99 a year. And then, okay, no free trial, but we will show some games for free. And now we're offering it for a free month. And then once they come out of this, I mean, maybe the price does change. Or maybe they're trying to figure something out. But to me, they've gone in ass backwards on, on this whole thing. Kartik, what about uh, San Diego this week? I just want to get your thoughts on the the expansion announcement and, and what you make of it. It's the same stuff I've said before about San Diego. It's an incredibly tough market. It's a market with uh, with uh, two existing professional teams. The NISA team is connected to the largest and most prestigious youth uh, system in, in the uh, region, in San Diego County, which is the Albion system, uh, which has produced a number of really high-end pro players and U.S. men's national team players. You have the San Diego Wave, which has done a great job in terms of capturing uh, uh, the professional uh, fandom market in that uh, city on the men's side. They are a USL team. Landon Donovan's, of course, involved in the ownership and management of that team. Then you have the San Diego Wave, which currently, sorry, Portland, is the most popular women's professional team in the country. In addition, you have the complication, and I think I may have said this on the last podcast or previous uh, recent podcast of ours, of uh, the largest Liga Amekis fan base among English language dominant fans. Now, this is important because there are Liga Amekis fans throughout the U.S. We we cover television ratings, right, Chris? And we always have Liga Amekis games at the top of that uh, uh, that 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 uh, list uh, in terms of Spanish language, right? What's on Univision and what's on Telemundo, what's on Fox Deportes, but 
there are English language dominant anglicized fans in the San Diego area that are fans of Club Tijuana that are the fans of the Zolos they they cross the border they go to matches uh they they are uh into that club that uh, club has been very successful now um I do believe there is the opportunity for some of these fans to also support the MLS side but I do also think it's going to be a lot harder than it has been in other markets. Basically, what happened in Nashville is the team that had started in NPSL, worked its way up through the USL league structure, uh, became the MLS team. What happened in St. Louis is the USL team went away for the MLS team. What happened in Austin is the USL team never had a foothold there and they knocked them out in one year. What what uh, has happened in other markets is similar. USL teams moving up or no USL team. San Diego, you have an NWSL team. You have a USL team. You have a NISA team. And most importantly, in my book, is you have uh, Tijuana right across the border. I, I think this is an enormous challenge for MLS. They will get their piece of the pie. There's no question about it. But will they create the same sort of environment long term that Austin, Nashville, Charlotte, Atlanta have created? I have my doubts. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great uh, great news for San Diego if you live in that area and you want to support a MLS team that's going to launch in 2025. And in competition, sometimes is good, not always, but but uh, I think it's good news for San Diego. It's good news for Major League Soccer in terms of uh, their bank statements. Um, however, I think the more expansion teams that MLS creates, uh, to me, it's the actual national television product becomes less attractive. Uh, the the league is diluted. I mean, as you add more and more teams, this would be team number 30. Uh, the quality level is diluted. And I think that then when you look at a national TV product, so such as MLS Season Pass and MLS 360, yes, it'll be great for the first couple of weeks of that season in 2025 when that team debuts in, in a stadium and you know, everything that goes into that. Uh, there's that hype factor. But after a few weeks, that wears off and, and then you kind of see the quality of, of the, the players on the pitch across the entire league. So, yeah, it's more the same. I mean, it's the I mean the biggest deal that uh, MLS has gotten in terms of expansion. My my concern, my biggest concern really is with MLS, it seems to be that almost every decision that they make is focused on expansion. And I think when they have their eyes set on trying to figure out, okay, now that number 30 is, is in the can, who's going to be number 31? And focusing so much of the efforts and time and energy on expanding the league because of those expansion checks, uh, my concern is, okay, what about the rest of the league? I mean, nothing seems to be changing in terms of the calendar, uh, the regular season becoming more meaningless. Uh, a playoff structure that's where you have 60% of the teams qualifying for the playoffs. Um, so those types of things, those things that will have a positive impact on what we're watching from a, from a national product. On a local level, this is great for MLS, right? It's great for California. It's great for San, San Diego. On a national level, that's where I think that they're losing the plot. All right, Kartik, let's move on to uh, the listener mailbag. We've got a lot in this week, so let's uh, go right to that. Uh, MLS season pass pricing, you mentioned that about the uh, WNBA. Darth Bill has some uh, feedback. Darth Bill says, 
I get um, Big Ten Network Plus each fall for women's soccer and volleyball. I got into these while going to college because they were free. They offer replays on any Fox and Big Ten Network linear games, so you don't miss anything. It's a good service, but quality is sometimes lacking. Not every game has commentary, which is a selling point, but also you sometimes have no idea of the score. I'm looking forward to the USL's latest uh, USL Super League. I go to local games, either UWSL or WPSL, so anything like that might help the ladies, uh, the more the better. Dave says, uh, a listener questioned whether any U.S. sports offered a lower price for limited content. Big Ten Plus, um, a big streaming uh, service with uh, games not on the BTN linear, but where BTN has rights, uh, has all sports, all teams package, a one sport, all teams package, and a one team, all sports package. Major League Baseball used to, or still do, give a discount for single team, Major League Baseball TV, etc. Regarding uh, the MLS uh, Apple, I see parts of it differently than what you shared in the recent podcast. Number one, free trials, another discounting, uh, ubiquitous uh, in streaming. Uh, you can quibble the t- timing, but I do not see this decision by MLS and Apple as outside the norms of Peacock um, or Paramount Plus, etc. Number two, MLS got uh, ahead of the RSN Regional Sports Network blow up and, sh- and ensured any hardcore fan can legally access every game, no matter what happens in bankruptcy court. Not every team in every sport has that certainty. Number three, uh, ESPN and Tuduene have a deep understanding of sports fans based on decades of experience. A risk for Major League Soccer is that they may be Apple's guinea pig. I get little sense that MLS executives understand sports fans well. In addition uh, to a loss of buzz and casual fans, I suspect that MLS-Apple partnership misses the expertise of ESPN and Tuduere. Kartik, what's your take on that one in terms of especially uh, Dave's comments about uh, MLS maybe missing out on some of these uh, veteran TV executives that could be kind of giving maybe some, some additional input or, or recommendations that um, maybe MLS is missing out on right now. Yeah, I think that that's a, a big part of it. I mean, you don't have necessarily the expertise in broadcasting soccer and trying to broadcast to a macro audience. I, I think that's absolutely a great, uh, great point. And uh, it, it's uh, part of the risk of going with what is effectively a startup, which is what Apple is. Yeah, a, a big startup, but, but still a startup uh, nevertheless. I mentioned before, and actually I think I, I didn't finish my thought, but I said there's two camps with MLS season pass. There's the one camp where you watch the service and you're entertained. It's not the greatest, but it is what it is. It, it, it's decent. And then there's the other side of it, which is that the people that haven't uh, tried MLS season pass or maybe have watched a game but never went back to it. And that audience is going to be more difficult to win over based on the competition that's out there, based on pricing, based on a whole host of different factors. I mean, one example was this week, we talked about San Diego, the San Diego press conference uh, to announce uh, the team uh, being number 30 and, and getting this expansion team. Normally that would be on YouTube, like simulcast. Normally it'd be on, I think the MLS soccer website. Uh, it'd be available in several different places, sometimes maybe even Twitter. 
However, <laughs> this one was only on, on MLS Season Pass. And I tried logging in to watch it, and then I guess they asked for my Apple ID. I'm like, oh my god, I, I, I don't know what my Apple ID is. I, would, I could go back later and log in, but it was just the, the whole, you mean, just really not convenience, the inconvenience of the whole thing, where I'm just wanting to watch something simple and I can't. And you go to YouTube, you go to the MLS uh, channel there, and they're missing a lot of content that Apple has. So. So that that's part of it too. For that bigger audience that hasn't been won over by MLS Season Pass, to me, you want to make MLS content available everywhere. You mean to make it as easy as possible, right? So, yes, you can get it through Apple TV Plus and MLS Season Pass, but elsewhere outside of that that ecosystem, make it as easy as possible for people to find those games or to or highlights or, or press conferences. Don't put it all behind kind of a uh, a walled garden and i think that's where we're at right now is that if you're an mls fan you're probably subscribing to mls season pass and enjoying it but for the 95 percent of the people outside of that wall it's 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 not happening right it's practically invisible you know I mean, we're not really talking about mls uh what's happening on the field everything's about what's happening behind that uh that walled garden all right, next up is Rob. Rob says, Chris and Kartik, I think you guys hit on the major issue that MLS faces in that they compete in a global soccer market, whereas other American sports do not. The reason ratings are stagnant is because they are in intent on running the league like other US sports, where the regular seasons are essentially meaningless. Why watch games that do not matter when you can watch the Premier League, Serie A, etc., where every game means something? I say this as a MLS season ticket holder, Nashville S uh, Soccer Club, and a member of the supporters group. Honestly, over the years, I've become more interested in the tailgate scene rather than the game itself because there is really little difference between uh, one point and three points. In my view, promotion and relegation or a more exclusive playoff format would help, but I can't see either of those happening as long as, long as Don Garber and MLS follow the, the American sports model they will not be able to challenge other leagues around the world for the attention of viewers. It's the elephant in the room that no one outside of World Soccer Talk is willing to discuss. Thank you for that. On staggered kickoff times, Kartik has mentioned before that most fans of MLS teams do not watch other MLS teams, and I agree. The members of my supporters group know very little about other MLS teams or the league as a whole. The people complaining about the lack of staggered kickoff times are a very small minority. Most match-going fans really like the stability and routine it offers. Wow, some really good points there by Rob. Um, I've, I've seen this firsthand, Kartik. I mean, going to some uh, Orlando games uh, with MLS fans and the tailgate scene before the game, uh, and is is. I mean, if anything, more exciting than the game itself. And you get to the game itself, and sometimes it's the fans are not even paying paying attention to what's happening on on the pitch. They're in the supporters' ends. They're, I mean, waving their flags. They're chanting. They're kind of talking to friends. And the game itself is almost secondary. Uh, have you seen anything like that? 
Yeah, and and they're not even interested in what's going on in the rest of the league. So that's uh, the other indication of this is that I think that there is a well, – everything Rob says I agree with. I think that there is a lack of interest in other clubs. There's um, maybe not the culture, uh, supporters' culture. And, and when I say supporters' culture, it's not just people who are members of supporters' groups. If you go to a match – at, uh, well, okay, I was going to use the Bundesliga, but that's a bad example because everybody's a member of their club. Uh, but if you go to, um, e- let's just take the Champions League match between Milan and, and Inter uh, a week ago, the, the, the first leg, the, the leg that was technically Milan's home leg at the San Siro. There was an atmosphere throughout the ground among all the supporters. And in fact, AC Milan supporters have been criticized in Italy for being less vocal, less active, less vibrant than the fans of other big clubs recently. That's been a talking point within the Italian media. And you saw how everybody who attends the match can sing, can can be in unison in a big occasion like that that that's a perfect example i'm not just talking about members of the supporters group now if you go to orlando uh, i have a lot of experience that's the mls team i have the most experience with also if you go to orlando there are people uh uh, singing and, and standing up and, and, and cheering and uh, in, in the supporters section. Now, of course, I, I have to say that has gotten weaker through the years. It's not the same now as it was in 2016 or 2017. And then you have the rest of the crowd that very much it's like going to a NASCAR race where they're kind of passively paying attention or to uh, a college football game where uh, the play takes five seconds and then there's nothing go- going on the next two minutes. So I, I think it's a fan culture thing, honestly. The other thing about this, too, I, I want to mention, too, is that when MLS had the TV deals last year and, and, and prior, um, they were in many ways riding the coattails of ESPN, Fox, Univision, etc. Now they're on their own. Now they're way out there on their own. They, they don't have that. So I, I think that's part of it, too. When it was on TV and you'd see games on television now and again, maybe, you know, I mean, it, they were more visible. Now they're less visible because they're on their own without that help from those broadcasters other than Fox. And really that doesn't really care or, or, or make any difference anyway. So it's it's a difficult place to be for the league. So it's a difficult place. It's a lonely place. It's a place where they're going to have to fight to be relevant, to get that, that product out there, to get more people signed up. Um, and being on your own, kind of being independent really in, in a way, uh, without the big TV broadcasters, I wouldn't say sink or swim, but it's pretty close to it in terms of they really have to focus on on what they are and, and how they're different. And, and if it is, going back to what you said a couple of weeks ago, Kartik, is Major League Soccer, they have to decide, are they a local entertainment option or are they a national league? And I'm sure their aspirations are to be an international league. But to be international, I think they have to conquer the National League first, but they really have to have those big signings, which is going to just put band-aids on on some of the issues, a lot of the issues that they have. So a lot of inward thinking definitely needs to happen. Scott is up next, and Scott says, I would love to be a uh, a fly on the wall at MLS HQ. I can only imagine the level of frustration that they must be experiencing trying to wag the dog by the tail. Kartik is 100% spot on. MLS must fix the competition format is- issue to gain a national audience. 
here's a simple solution that works within the scope that they have now. Uh, two campaigns, two seasons, a spring and summer season, and then a summer and fall season. Uh, the first campaign would be the spring and summer season. That'd be 17 games. Uh, the top clubs advance from the, the West and the East to the League's Cup, and then they play the Liga Mekis clubs. The second campaign, which is the season, uh, the summer-fall season, the table resets, another 17 games. Uh, the top clubs advance again, this time to the MLS Cup playoffs. The club with the highest points over both campaigns wins the Supporters' Shield. This would solve the competition format problem and make every game meaning meaningful. It also produces an opportunity for MLS to limit the number of uh, clubs who advance in these tournaments because the club, the table resetting in the second half keeps all clubs invested. Uh, love the pod. Yeah, it's weird. There are lots of different options. We've given some uh, in previous episodes, and and here Scott has some good recommendations too. It's uh, it's crazy that we're in what 2023, and MLS has still not changed the formats, other than making it less less meaningful right in terms of the playoffs and just putting more games into the playoffs that's not the way to go but they, they keep on kind of doubling down on that daniel says uh, hey guys long time listener but i cannot stay silent anymore apologies for the long me- message and rant number one promotion and relegation is dead it will never happen mls are too stubborn to implement it don't tell me they can't do it a country like bosnia and herzegovina uh, can have promotion and relegation but MLS can't because we don't have the infrastructure is a reason. Give me a break. Fix you. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's a good, good point. Uh, fix USL League Two and combine Nissan USL League One. That's how you start uh, promotion relegation. Forget Major League Soccer, USL Championship to USL One to USL Two and fix NPSL. That's another mess. Number two, the calendar. I cannot stress this enough. Who wants to play in, in Orlando in August when it's sticky and almost 35 degrees Celsius out? Which is probably Fahrenheit is like what? Probably 95 to 100. Uh, and with humidity over 100. Uh, number three, playoffs. They are so useless. Don't tell me we will become like Europe. I'd rather see that some team who went zero and whatever wins MLS Cup like Seattle did that one season where they had a horrible regular season and won that meaningless cup. Number four, MLS season pass. How come I follow works so well, but MLS season pass seems to fail hard? We don't need numbers to see how bad that league is. Even Messi or, or Ronaldo couldn't save that stubborn league. Uh, MLS has always has and always will be about Don Garber bowing to MLS owners, at least the ex-commissioner of USL had the guts to stand up for the league. The soccer don does not. And that this is coming from someone who has watched the league since 2015. I will will not be renewing my subscription uh, to MLS season pass when it, when it ends on June 6. I have had it with this league. They are so far gone. It is sad. Wow. Yeah. And da- da- Daniel was some really kind of heartfelt. Uh, <laughs> he's not holding back. Yeah, I, I give it agree it. with him on, on all those points. And that Seattle, uh, specific Seattle point I brought up repeatedly on this show through the years that I think they won 11 or 12 matches without winning a game. So think about that in Europe. You're in a relegation fight if that happens, right? You're in this position where you might be mid-table and then suddenly you're fighting relegation. You might be in the top four and then suddenly you're looking over your shoulder 
lose if you go 12 game matches without a victory or 11 matches without a victory. I remember they snapped it against Orlando. That's why I remember the uh, the the uh, streak really well. Uh, they match uh, they snapped it in a nationally televised game against Orlando uh, in Seattle, and then they won MLS Cup. and and that's fine you know their teams uh there was a year Wigan was relegated from the Premier League and they won uh they won the FA Cup we we have other examples of that throughout Europe it's okay if you look at MLS Cup as a cup competition sure but you don't crown the league champion based on that I there's there's something really uh strange also about the fact that they won't change the format to Daniel's point but they change the playoff composition and structure every second season it feels like right they're so invested in the playoff format or the idea of playoffs the concept of playoffs they have tried every conceivable way to make it work and it hasn't and there's also an issue of of television ratings going down for these playoff games other than MLS Cup itself and ticket sales sometimes not being as robust as they need to be for the playoffs. I, I think if they just had one consistent format and they stuck with it for eight to 10 years, uh, maybe that would work. But then again, when you're expanding every year and you're adding new teams and you're having to, to shuffle conferences, that's another thing that they have is conferences. Uh, these things uh, can never be consistent from year to year. So how do you, how do you uh, create a compelling product that people are going to want to pay $99 a year to watch on Apple? And in addition to the, the, uh, the, the, all the other issues we've talked about, about Apple devices, et cetera, if you're not even consistent in your expectations and what you're producing from year to year. Heck, was it was it this season that they announced the playoff format three or four days before the season, or was that last year? I'm trying to remember. It was this season. So you don't if you're if you're an MLS general manager, you don't even know how to construct your roster. You could argue that. Because you're constructing your roster, you're going through a preseason training, and you don't know the format of the league or or, or or the expectation necessarily, which is, you know, this is something I come back to with Europe, uh, Chris, when people say, oh, it was really unfair on this team or that team. And uh, they got this happened, that happened. I would always say, okay, yeah, maybe this team had injuries that happened. Uh, something else happened, but you know, you have an expectation before the season. The rules are the same for everyone. There's an even playing field. And if some team gets lucky and some other team doesn't, that's the way the ball bounces. But in MLS, literally, the format changes every year. The expectation changes every year. So, uh, yeah, there are all kinds of problems. Yeah, I think a lot of people who are MLS fans or fans of MLS clubs would say, well, isn't it great how wonderful it is every year with uh, Major League Soccer, how we have a different champion in most years? My answer to that is you're comparing apples to oranges. You mean So if you took the Premier League as an example, you know, season runs from August through May, and said, okay, we're going to play uh, apply the same kind of playoff structure to the Premier League. So from August till May, you mean yes, most of the, most of that season would be re- relatively meaningless because 60% of those teams would qualify for the playoffs, and and that's kind of what, where it really counts. So you take 12 teams, the top 12 teams from the Premier League, and then at the end of the season, you mean yes, you give you know, a token supporter shield to Manchester City, but you said, okay, at the end of the season, now we're going to take the top 12. So you have teams such as Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Fulham, Brentford, Aston Villa, Spurs, Brighton, Liverpool, etc., right, and the top four competing in a, in a cup competition. By that point, you mean 
probably the team that's going to win that tournament is not going to be the best team over that season. It's going to be the team that's going to be in the hardest streak at that moment in time. And it's a cup competition, so anything could happen. So you could have, conceivably, Crystal Palace or Brentford or Spurs or, or Brighton winning the Premier League Cup, so to speak. And that, yeah, the, yes, that would be exciting in, in some ways for them to lift a trophy. But meaning, uh, meanwhile, I mean, most of the season would have been practically irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> Daniel got us uh, fired up there. All right, a couple more comments to go. Chris says, hi, guys, with the news that MLS is likely uh, is adding a team in, in San Diego in 2025, it has me thinking about other cities that they could expand to. One such city is Phoenix, where Major League Soccer is the only major league they currently don't have even though the city supports uh, the Phoenix Rising and USL quite well and is a regular host city for the Gold Cup, I am not sure uh, that they would want MLS from the city government perspective, given how poorly they have treated the Cardinals of the NFL and especially the Coyotes of the uh, NHL when it came to building, building new stadiums for them over the years. Uh, because of this, I think MLS needs to be very careful about expanding their because they don't want to end up in a situation where they are constantly feuding with the city government over building a stadium. And then last but not least, uh, in discussion about uh, last week's episode about uh, the USL Super League versus NWSL, Esteban Dido says uh, two women's D1 soccer leagues. That's a proper recipe for both of them to collapse. Only time will confirm this uh, point of view. And that's quite possible, right? That's, I mean, hopefully not. Hopefully both of them will flourish. Um, it will be interesting to see what uh, U.S. soccer does here too, especially with it being a women's league too, right? And Cindy Paulo Cohn um, as the president of U.S. soccer um, and how good a job USL Super League has done thus far in terms of getting the message out, being clear about what they're planning on doing. Uh, and offering something that's quite different than NWSL. There's an opportunity here for both of them to, to survive and thrive. Ideally, um, U.S. soccer would say, hey, let's figure out a way to actually set this up so it's one league. I mean, that's you know, yeah, practically impossible at, at this stage, but but that's the, the type of leadership, I think, that they should be having those discussions and talking long-term as well as short-term. Yeah, uh, I, I do want to say that I think that uh, one of the things that might come into play here is what uh, league can also uh, generate some investment from Europe. I know that's something USL is looking at and NWSL has looked at in the past. So that might tell us who wins this uh, wins out. Maybe there'll be a merger at some point. That's also very possible. Any thoughts, Kartik, about uh, NWSL reporters being pretty silent about uh, USL? Yeah, Super I have League? a lot of thoughts about that. I, I don't know that I, we have enough time on this podcast for me to get into it. But I, this has been a bugaboo of me, mine for, for four years now. Because, because... Um, a couple of people, Neil Morris, who, who uh, is based in North Carolina, and, and myself, uh, who have experience with USL on the men's side, made it clear four years ago when USL started talking about the, the Super League project uh, and getting uh, a little more uh, investment 
invested in the women's game. Actually, they started talking about this as early as 2017, but I remember specifically in 2019 saying to uh, both he and I and, and Bo Dorr, a couple other people like like that who, who, who have covered the USL on the men's side, talking about this is a, a serious uh, a, a serious thing. This is something that uh, could enhance and elevate the game in the U.S. It also could be a major threat to NWSL from a business perspective. And it was essentially, I, I mean, again, I don't want to offend, uh, I'm not going to name names here. I don't want to offend a lot of women's soccer uh, insiders here. Uh, they do great, great job, great work, and there's been some fantastic reporting on the scandals recently from many of them. Uh, some of them maybe not as much, but some of them very good. But uh, it was almost laughed off like, oh, well, NWSL is this kind of chosen instrument. It's the chosen instrument of U.S. soccer. You know, no one else can get involved. And, you know, who cares about uh, USL and lower division stuff? Not realizing kind of the the, the giant potential of the women's game uh, in the United States beyond the national team, right? And beyond having a league that just incubates the national team, which is what NWSL has done. For, For all intents and purposes, that's all it's done from a soccer perspective. There hasn't been this linkage in the pyramid that we need. And I would also say that a lot of these same people are, have a, a contempt for uh, talking up uh, the the European uh, Champions League, talking up Leon and their success, and, and talking up uh, what, what's going on at Atleti and what's happened at Barcelona and Chelsea and Man City. There, there, there's a very, yeah, in, on the women's side, right. There's a very insular mentality among a lot of people who are uh, involved in around NWSL. And, and uh, I, I was shocked, you know, this week uh, I thought, okay, this is the wake up call. Now we're going to have a conversation. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe, maybe it'll happen in a few weeks, but uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's quite an insular group, Chris. I mean, I could, I could do a whole podcast on this, honestly. So I'll just, I'll just stop. stop there. Okay. Uh, and we've seen the same thing too about major league soccer where it is, ha- has been and, and not as bad as it used to be because uh, I mean, I think most of the reporters for MLS are now working for MLSsoccer.com. But in the past, there has been a very insular approach where they've purposely avoided any topics outside of MLS or ones that were in, in competition with MLS in terms of leagues or cups or competitions that they would uh, purposely not talk about that. We're not the biggest MLS fans in, to, in the world by any means. I mean, we like the league. We want to see it succeed. Um, but we're not going to shy away from talking about MLS or talking about, uh, let, let me tell you something, MLS, uh, people who cover MLS, this might come as a shock to, to a lot of, uh, the reformers and people that listen to our podcast, the reporters that cover MLS are infin- infinitely more critical than the reporters that cover NWSL. So that should tell you something. Critical about the league or, or critical... Both, both critical in, about the league and critical about uh, U.S. national team players that that are uh, in both leagues, right? I mean, MLS MLS reporters will criticize Brandon Vasquez or uh, or, or Sebastian Legette or or whoever, right? Uh, um, uh, Aaron Long. It's there are certain U.S. women's national team players that won't get criticized uh, for their play in NWSL, and when they go to Europe and they flop which several have, uh, it's about those leagues not being of sufficient quality or, or whatever, or, or, or it's an ignored data point. And then in terms of the league itself, 
part of the reason I think this scandal, these scandals weren't blown out of the water, it took till 2021 and they weren't blown out of the water in 16 or 17 uh, or maybe even earlier, 2015, was there is a cozy relationship between a lot of reporters and protecting NWSL as if it's a cause, right? It's it's their job to protect women's soccer and promote women's soccer. I get that. I, I agree with that. But that doesn't mean you pull your punches on, on, on critical reporting. I mean, I think there's a very notable exception in Jeff Kasuf from Equalizer. He's fantastic. I think he's the best in the business. But uh, otherwise, I mean, I could go down the list. I, I, I'm not indicting everybody else who covers NWSL, by the way, but I could go down the list and, and, and make critiques. And MLS, yes, there are a lot of MLS reporters and writers that I think are very biased and very protective of MLS, but it's not quite at the same level as it is on the women's side. So this USL thing could really shake things up, Chris. And and maybe this is a conversation for another podcast. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, on the broader scale. Yeah, yeah. When we have more time, because there's definitely some some uh, things I want to add to that too. So, listeners, if you do want to uh, get involved with the show uh, in terms of asking any questions, uh, sharing your opinions, um, observations, etc., especially when it comes to soccer, television, streaming, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. There's a few, a few different ways you can reach us. <clears throat> you can go ahead and email us, which is uh, web at worldsoccertalk.com. You can go to the website, which is worldsoccertalk.com, and then click on podcasts, and then leave your comments in the comment section there. You can go to facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk, send us a message, or you can tweet us at worldsoccertalk. Of course, too, you can leave a voicemail, which is 561-247-4625. I'll go ahead uh, and edit in the audio that came in um, last week from one of our listeners, which is really good audio in terms of a voicemail talking about the issues with MLS Season Pass from his perspective. So I'll go ahead and play that now. Hi, what's going on this year? I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard fan, and then I would like to watch soccer. This year, I never, I cannot watch even one game. Why? Since the season began, I never watched that one game. Even I try. I'm say I live in Orlando, Florida, and then I like to watch uh, Lion. Every time, every Saturday, I try. Every everything I do, even I want to buy the 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 game, and then I can't go in. I cannot go. This thing is very difficult this year. And then Kartik, uh following up, uh, what about uh, Beyond the, the 90? Where can listeners find you there for uh, podcasts and other writings? Yeah, at beyond90.substack.net. Uh, heavy U.S. Open Cup uh, coverage uh, recently. Uh, I think, uh, well, time permitting, I'm going to do a lot on Coventry and Luton next week. It's a final I'm very excited about. I, I will talk about it on our pod next week as well, Chris. But uh, you can look for some heavy uh, historical analysis of both clubs there at beyond90.substack.com. Uh, Okay, great. Well, we covered a lot uh, this episode. Uh, I think it's still a little bit high from the uh, the fumes of this mixer blowing up. <laughs> I can still smell it. Uh, I'm going to have to kind of get out of the studio and get some fresh air, I think, after this podcast. But um, on behalf of everyone, thank you for listening and Karthik heading into another weekend with some massive soccer games from around the world. What are you going to do and what should the listeners do? Enjoy your football.